and gentlemen, live from coast of the Carolinas by way of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This is the moment sports betting fans around the world have been waiting for. It's time! Introducing the Fistful of Cash Podcast! What is going on, guys? You are tuned into the newest episode of the Fistful of Cash Podcast. I am your host, Dale Lippin, in here with the co-host of all co-hosts, Soup! What's going on, brother? Nah, nothing, man. Watching the Thursday night game, Packers-Seahawks, good game so far. Rodgers might have made the throw of the year, um, rolling out to his right on the run, 55 yards, flick of the wrist, dropped it on a dime uh, to a fourth-string tight end. But Packers are up 14-3 to right now. It's a pretty good game. Um, good start to the week. Uh, I think we've got a good slate of games this week. A lot of competitive football coming up as far as NFL goes. Um, so I'm excited. It should be a good weekend. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, like I said, because it's a competitive thing, you want to make sure that you're getting the best, most up-to-date, up-to-the-minute odds, and you have the option to do live betting as well. And the best place to do that is mybookie.ag. Go to mybookie.ag. Use our promo code, Give Me Cash. If you use that promo code, Give Me Cash, they're going to give you a 50% match on your initial deposit, which is great. Up to $3,000 that match goes to, which is fantastic. So 50% match up on your initial deposit. And that's at mybookie.ag. Use promo code Give Me Cash. All right, Sue, you said it. We got a ton of competitive football. I, I'll tell you what, man. You know, we've been talking to some of the community, and you know, they've had their their thoughts and insights on the, on this weekend. And you know, we've shared a little bit on social media as well. It is going to be a super competitive weekend. I got a cup of coffee in hand. The throat's warmed up. I'm ready to talk. You want to start out with some pro football? Or you want to do college first? Uh, we'll start out with college since it comes first. All right. What do you like? Let's start. Just go ahead. Dealer's choice. What do you want to talk about first? Go for it. So the first thing I'm going to cover, uh, the local team, we talked about them on Tuesday. Pitt, they got a chance to win the ACC Coastal. Um, they don't have to win this game, but if they don't, they have, they're have they going to have to beat Miami in Miami. Uh, I think that's going to be a tough game. Um, so they got Wake Forest this weekend. I, I like Pitt minus six and a half. Um, like I said, the, the coastal's basically on the line here. Cause if Pitt doesn't win this, then they got to beat Miami in Miami. If they don't do that, they're going to need a lot of help to win the coastal. This is, I, I'm going to go out there and Pitt is the surprise season in all of college football. Um, them in Northwestern, but Northwestern has been competitive the past couple of years. Pitt's had an offense with a, you know, really bad defense, but, um, the fact that they have a chance to win the Coastal here is amazing. I like Pitt's backfield to single-handedly win this game. Um, they're they're amazing. They are arguably the best running back tandem in college outside of probably Georgia. Um, it's going to be tough to take anybody over DeAndre Swift and, uh, and Elijah Holyfield. But Pitt's probably number two in the nation, which comes to no surprise for me. I mean, Pitt's pumped out guys like LaShawn McCoy, like Deion Lewis, like James Conner, uh, Curtis Martin, uh, you know, obviously the most famous Pitt running back, Tony Dorsett. So Pitt, Pitt <laughs> is known for pumping out running backs. I'm not surprised that their backfield's this good. Wake Forest lets up over 200 yards a game on the ground. I think that Kenny Pickett does enough to not lose this game. He's going to manage the game. He'll use his legs. I like Pitt minus six and a half in this game. I think they win a game something like 37 to 24, something like that. There should be a lot of points scored. There's no doubt in that. I think the over under 61 in this game. Um, but yeah, I, I like Pitt to cover the six and a half. I think they win by at least a touchdown. Yeah. So, you know, that, that is the play that we're going with there. My bulky's got Pitt coming in minus six and a half. Um, I'm with you for all those reasons. Now, here's the thing, though. Wake Forest is a tough team. Um, they've played everybody tough. I'm with you, though. I think that Pitt is the surprise of the year. 
Uh, I said it last week and I've said it for a while now is that I, I don't think that, you know, the Pittsburgh area has an excuse for not having quality, uh, you know, a quality football program in Pitt. And I'm, I'm glad to see the program, you know, like you said, we've always, they've always done a good job of, of pumping out quality positional players, but, you know, having really successful seasons as a team, it's in, I mean, it's an exciting time. You know, the Stillers are rolling. You got Pitt rolling. I I mean, it's, as far as the city goes, um, it's an exciting time, you know, for, for football. It's football is what Pittsburgh does anyway. You know, well, either that or hockey. Do you think Pittsburgh is more of a hockey town or a football town now? Oh, 100%. It's still a football town. There's no doubt about it. Um, hockey is still, I don't want to say new to the Pittsburgh area because we obviously had, you know, the Penguins of the early 90s with uh, with Mario and with Yammer Yager and with all those guys. It's not new, but if you go out, it's like going into Boston and asking someone, is this a, a baseball or a football town? It's the Sox. But Boston is a baseball town, regardless of the Patriots' success. And Pittsburgh is a football town, regardless of, you know, the Penguins' recent success and their success in the early 90s. It's still Steeler Nation. It's still, you know, a blue-collar, hard-nosed town. Football, the, the, you know, the physical sport that it is, it's – Pittsburgh is a football town. You may have just divided our entire Yinzer audience by saying that. <laughs> I mean, I, it's it's the truth. <laughs> Somebody somewhere else. That Jagoff doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, pretty um, much. Any, anyway, all right. So the over under on that game, my bookie's got that coming in at, at sixty and a half. Did you mention that? Do we like? Do yeah. we like the over under on that at all, or you think it's going to come in? I we're think doing it's going to six and a half. Uh, it's going to. We're, we're going to do the six and a half. I think it's going to be relatively close to that sixty point five. Um, my 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 prediction was thirty seven twenty four. Not even right. thinking about it, that just rolled off the tongue. That's sixty one points. Um, right. So yeah, I think it's going to be something relatively close to it. I'm not confident whether I want to go over or under because Pitt's offense has stumbled at times, and their defense has also showed up, like the game against Notre Dame. Um, but. I just I think the seven points I think that's the that's the better play here six and a half points that's the better play. Okay, all right. Well, I mean we're not we don't have to travel far for this next game. Uh, Syracuse is another game that you sent me that you like. What, what what do we like about the Syracuse game? So Syracuse has two losses on the year uh, by a total of eleven points. Um, they lost to Clemson and they lost to Pitt, which you know looking back on it it's really not that bad of a loss Pitt played Notre Dame tough uh like I said they're getting ready to win the ACC Coastal so Pitt doesn't look like a bad loss I think that Clemson loss to or uh, yeah that the Clemson loss that Syracuse had is probably more impressive than any win that Notre Dame's had outside of their week one win against Michigan Notre Dame's had a relatively easy schedule um they do year in and year out I know they played you know, they always play a tough team at the beginning of the year. Last year they played Georgia and they always finish the year with like, you know, Navy and, uh, in South Car- or Southern California. Um, but, uh, Syracuse is nine and three against the spread in their last 12 versus ranked teams. They're five and zero oh against the spread in their last five non-conference games. I think Notre Dame wins the game, but I like Syracuse to keep it within single digits. I'd say Notre Dame probably wins this something like 34 to 31. This would be another exciting game. Both offenses have the ability to light up the scoreboard. Um, Eric Dungy in his senior season, this could be the statement on his career. Um, I know he beat Clemson last year, but this could ruin Notre Dame's season 100% if they win this game. Like I said, I don't think Syracuse wins this game, but I do think they keep it within single digits. So I'm taking Syracuse plus the 10 points here. Okay. So as it stands right now, um, my bookie's got Syracuse sitting at plus nine. Okay. Um, and as a as a fun little stat here, 63.8% of the money coming in that's being bet on the spread is coming in in Syracuse's favor. As far as total, the total sitting on my bookie at 65 74% is coming in at the over 65 and money line Syracuse sitting at a plus three ten underdog 52.9% of the money that's coming in money line is coming in on Syracuse. So you are not alone in thinking 
that Syracuse is going to keep this game super competitive. Is Ian Book back for this this weekend? I, I, you know, he has practice. I haven't seen any absolute official word on whether or not he's back. Um, but damn, did Brandon Wimbush look good against Florida State? Right. Um, I obviously like Ian Book. I, I, I think he's a better pure passer with the ability to run the ball. Uh, Wimbush relies more on his legs to get receivers open. But uh, yeah, I if Ian, I, even if Ian Book plays, I like Q's plus the ten. Their their running game's too good. Dungy's got you know half a dozen touchdowns with his legs. He's got almost seven hundred yards rushing. Um, that's funny. You said the the over under was sixty five. Yeah, that's another one that I had no idea what the over under was. <laughs> <clears throat> I have I have written down here Notre Dame wins thirty four thirty one. That's sixty five hey, points. So. Uh, yeah, I, I like I said, the play here is in my mind, Q's, uh plus the. So you're saying plus nine? We'll do plus nine. That's fine with me. Okay. All right. So I mean, yeah, I guess. Well, here, here's another thing too. It, it's looking like they're holding this at a. This is a neutral site game. They're doing it at Yankee Stadium. Were you aware of that? Yes, I am. They're wearing. Uh, ugh. The the jerseys, the Notre Dame's jerseys are going to be hideous. Are they wearing like the fluorescent green? No, they wore those last week. Um, they're, they're and honestly, I can't even remember how to describe them. I saw them earlier in the year, and I know <laughs> I thought they were ugly. Okay. I think I, I think they're Yankee related. I think they're going to be like blue with like white and blue pinstripes on the oh, sleeves oh, or oh something gosh. like that. Yeah, they're going to be just horrendous. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me put it like this. Um, so, regard <laughs> ugly uniforms aside, uh, another game that we like is the Texas-Iowa State game. What do you like about this game? I'm, I'm riding Texas, man. After that game last week, I know they almost blew it, but they still pulled out the win here. Texas, uh, their hopes for the Big 12, it's still alive. I mean, they beat Oklahoma. Yes, they lost to West Virginia. But um, if if WVU can take another loss and then Oklahoma were to beat WVU in the final game of the season, Texas is in the Big 12 championship. They're going to make it in. So they need to win out. They, you know, they need a little bit of help, but they basically control their own destiny here. Um, it's in Texas. Iowa State, they lost at TCU. They lost at Iowa. They lost at Oklahoma State. Their, I think their sole road win was against Kansas. So not, don't get me wrong, Kansas isn't as bad as they have been in recent years. But that's still like your sole road win being Kansas. That's nothing to brag about. Um, Iowa State, they've been doing everything they need to do just to get it done and win games. But I like Texas. I like Texas's uh, skill players. I, I think they win this game. I'm going to say a three-unit play on Texas's money line. I believe they're coming in at like a minus 150, which would be three units to win two units. So we're going to ride with Texas money line again this week. I think they keep their Big 12 hopes alive. Um, I do. Uh, I'm, we're, we're saying the money line play but I like the over in this game as well. It's coming in pretty low at 46 and a half. Uh, Texas has, you know, been vulnerable at times and their offense is high powered last year. I think this game ended something like 17 to seven, which I think is having an effect on the over under here. But I think, I think we're going to see somewhere in the upper fifties, maybe lower sixties as far as the score goes, but I'm more confident in Texas winning the game. So I'm going to go with a three-unit play on Texas money line. All right. Well, my bookie's got Texas coming in minus 145. So okay. that actually works better in our favor. Um, the other thing is with, with this game, man, and I, I'm i with you on riding with Texas. Uh, I absolutely am. But is there any possibility that after last week they could be – in sort of a letdown position where the adrenaline dump and everything else. And then Iowa state is coming in and they're looking at the opportunity to, to shock the world and maybe they catch Texas off guard. I, I mean, 
Am I just, am I playing too far into the narrative here? I mean, what's, what's your take on that? So Texas, they lost to Maryland early in the season. Uh, it kind of, you know, I don't want to say derailed their season, but it wasn't the best start. Um, then they went on a nice little tear. Uh, they lost to Oklahoma State in pretty heartbreaking fashion. But as we know, Oklahoma State can score with anybody uh, with this Oklahoma game last week. Um, and then they lost that two-point conversion to Will Greer. Texas is a legit football team. They are very good. I, I mean, if I know that their Big 12 hopes are still alive, you're damn sure that they know their Big 12 hopes are still alive. I don't see it as a letdown. I think they're going to be motivated. I think, you know, coming off that big walk-off win last week, I think the momentum is in their favor, and I, th- I, I think they keep rolling. Okay. I'm with you. All right, so to give you a breakdown real quick, um, as far as the spread goes, uh, 51% of the money is coming in on Iowa State to cover that plus three. Um, the total, however, this is the one, I, this is the only reason why I wanted to bring this up. The total 90% of the money is coming in on the over for that game. So I think you're dead on with the, uh, the over 47. I like, uh, I like that. Um, and then Texas has also seen the majority of the money come in for money lines. So a little bit, Iowa state seeing the majority of the money against the spread, Texas is seeing the majority of the money on the money line, but everybody seems uh, to really like that over. And I'm with you. I like Texas and the over, uh, but I think the Texas money line play is the play to make. So as far as college goes, I think that's about it that we've got for college as far as free picks go. If you guys are interested in more plays, I know it's a broken record, but I'll say it again. Go to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash fistful of cash. We have more plays there each and every weekend. Um, the other thing is, too, is you guys got to follow us on social media because social media, we give away free weekends of Patreon picks, too. So we had somebody take advantage of that this week. We had somebody take advantage of it last week. So, you know, there is, I guess you would say, incentive to follow what we're doing, pay attention to what we got going on. And I will say this. Thanksgiving's coming up and I've said it on the show before and I'll say it again. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday and I love to show how thankful I am for stuff. So in your best interest to follow us on Instagram, uh, follow us on Twitter, leave an iTunes review. If you haven't done so already, I promise you there's probably, and this is me winking here, uh, going to be, something that comes up here sooner rather than later uh, around the Thanksgiving time that you guys are really going to want to take advantage of and following us on social media and leaving reviews is going to be the best way to take advantage of that. All right, soup pro football. What a, what a tough week, man. NFL is a, is a gauntlet this weekend. What is, um, what is something that you are confident about and you're feeling good about headed into the weekend NFL wise? All right. So I'm going to save my big play for last. Um, the first play I like is the Cardinals Raiders game. Yes. I'm making a pick in the Cardinals versus Raiders game. The, <laughs> the four Oh five, you know, grab your pillow and your blankie. It's time to take a nap Cardinals and Raiders under 41 points. That's my play on this. These are two shitty offenses. The Raiders haven't <laughs> listen. The Raiders haven't scored a touchdown in the month of November. The Cardinals haven't broke 20 points since the first week of October. Under has hit 4 out of 5 times uh in the last 5 in Arizona. This I'm I'm picking it, but I'm going to be sleeping during it. I'm taking the under in this game. I, I, Arizona is going to win this game like 17 to 13 or something. Absolutely. You know, yes, it's a competitive game, but it's going to be ugly. These teams suck. Arizona only averages like 13.6 points per game. It's not going to be a pretty game. It's not going to be fun to watch. 
So I like the under 41 in this game. Uh, I don't know if you have any input on this game. I can't blame you if you don't, because it's going to be bad. I'm just going to say that it, I was going to equate it to two blind kids in a fist fight. Um, there's going to be a, <laughs> it's just not going to be, it'll be entertaining at first. And then you're like, oh gosh, I can't watch this anymore. And then, like you said, it's it's going to be Nap City. I will say this though about the Raiders. Uh, when the season first started, I thought the Bills were going to be the team to constantly bet against uh, as far as safe money goes, but it's definitely the Raiders. Um, I, I think that anytime, well, anytime this season and continuing forward this season, anytime you see a Raiders game, I would just go to the opposition and just automatically throw money at it. Um, I think that they're an easy cover. And I think that they're an, you know, as far as money line goes, that's easy money line money week in and week out. They are absolutely imploding. I'm actually interested in seeing what happens, you know, this off season or really at any point in time with these guys just jumping ship and just trying to get, get the hell out of there. Um, I don't, I've never seen a team just rip themselves apart from the inside out like this before. Have you, can you recall anything that's, that has even remotely looked like this before? No. So I, Chip Kelly did this with the Eagles, but Chip Kelly like cut guys and went out and signed pro bowlers and tried to put a speedy roster together and it backfired because none of the guys could play together. What John Gruden's doing right now, I don't understand it. I, they're, they're a five-point dog against a team that averages 14 points per game. Like, what? Yeah. It's bad. It's so bad. And, you know, people can point the finger at John Gruden. This has just, them, just as much to do with his doppelganger twin brother sitting upstairs in Mark Davis that it does John Gruden. Uh, I personally met Al Davis when he was still alive, uh, Mark Davis's dad. Al Davis was a grumpy old asshole. Mark Davis is an asshole. It's this organization. It's crumbling from the top to the bottom. It's not good. Um, you know, thank God for the Oakland fan base that it's leaving. Cause, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's it's just sad, man. It really is. To take a storied organization like this and just run it into the ground the way they are, I get that Gruden's got his big contract and he's building from the ground up and he thinks that players are dying to come play for Oakland. I, I don't know where he's getting that or who he's talking to. I know he, he offered like Junior Gallette um, a contract this offseason. The guy's 31 years old. He He turned down an offer, didn't get an offer from anywhere else. He just turned down an offer from John Gruden, didn't want to come play. Like, I, I don't know where he's getting his information, but the Raiders are bad. It's sad. Um, yeah, I I got nothing else on them. All right, last question real quick. You got uh, Terrell Owens and Chad Ochocinco on Instagram and Twitter constantly talking about how good a shape they're in and, you know, running four three forties and everything else, do you think that T.O. and Ocho could play for Oakland right now? I think Ocho could just because Ocho's probably got the best footwork out of any receiver in the history of the NFL. Um, nobody, nobody made cuts and made linebackers and cornerbacks confused just with the slightest movement of their feet like Ocho Cinco did. Um T.O., uh, you're past your prime, buddy. You're just looking for a paycheck. Uh, he's broke. He has no money. He's just looking to get paid. Ocho, on the other hand, I, I do think if he's in the shape that he says he's in, I, I think Ocho could still be a product, productive, if he wants to get hit, productive slot receiver in the NFL. I really do. Like I said, it, and that's solely off his hands and his feet. He might not be the quickest, but uh, as far as agility goes, Ocho's still up there. There's no doubt in my mind. Could Nate Robinson play DB? <laughs> oh man, hey, maybe. Who knows? I mean, <laughs> I, he, if he's smart, man, he need John Gruden needs to like call up Nomni Asamoa and see if he Listen, wants to come back and play. But Nomni's too busy with Kerry Washington right now. So, well, <laughs> do, do your thing, man. Um, <laughs> Nate Robinson tried out for uh, the Seahawks this offseason, did he not? I'm pretty sure he did, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> All right, I'll I'll move on. All right, what's what's another NFL game that we're excited about this weekend? All right, so another under I like is the Chargers Broncos under forty six and a half. Um, real quick, you know it's it's got something to do with the game, but not about the under. If Patrick Mahomes wouldn't wasn't having the season that Patrick Mahomes was having, Philip Rivers would be the front runner for MVP. There's no doubt in my mind. Phillip Rivers is on pace for like 4,700 yards, 42 touchdowns, and eight interceptions. That's a that's a Tom Brady like in his prime season right there. Phillip Rivers is killing it, but he happens to play in the division with the new guy who's you know just breaking records week in and week out. Um, I, I I'm really high on the Chargers, man. Melvin Gordon's averaging like five and a half yards a carry. I really like the Chargers this year. Their defense is getting healthy, and that's why I like the under in this game. Joey Bosa might play this week for the first time all season. Um, Joey Bosa is one of those guys that changes everything when he steps on the field. He is the ultimate X factor. I I hope he plays this weekend. I want to see him coming off the edge. I want to see him smack Case Keenum a couple times. Um, they're only giving up like a little over 20 points per game. The Denver offense is not impressive. Like, you know, they've got Philip Lindsay and they've got Emmanuel Sanders, who's having a good year. But without Demarius Thomas, uh, if Cortland Sutton doesn't step up, I don't know if Denver's going to reach 20 points. So I like the under, uh, under 46 and a half in this game. I think the Chargers are one of the most underrated teams on offense and defense. Like I said, they're only getting healthier. Um, I like them to win in convincing fashion in this game. I'd say something like 27 to 14. Something along those lines. Same, I was thinking the same thing. I was just getting ready to say, <laughs> I was going to say, what do you think? Something like 27, 14, 28, 14, something like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, you know, and it's funny that you know, this is the, uh, it's funny. We're talking about the chargers. You and I, you know, we constantly tell people to scour sports books to find, you know, that white whale bet that's out there. And you and I found one last weekend. Uh, but by the time we found it, there wasn't much we could do about it as, as far as getting it out to everybody else. But it involved the Chargers and our favorite punching bag, the Oakland Raiders. Um, just to give you guys a little insight on that, we actually found uh, a uh, a little bit of a of a hiccup uh, and, and and exploited that. So again, you guys want to scour your books go game by game and see if you can find lines that you like um that's definitely something that 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 is worthwhile and can be beneficial from a financial standpoint but you would you had said his name and that's just going to transition us right into the other game that we like monday night's game what uh what are you thinking here this is the uh this is the big play this is the big play here what what, what are we thinking so i like uh I like the Chiefs plus three. I, what what's my bookie caught him coming in at? I like three. him plus three and a half. Okay, I recommend buying the half point here, guys. I like the Chiefs plus three and a half against the Rams. I know it's in LA, um, but the Rams have been vulnerable over the past three weeks. Um, they've had big games each week. They possibly, you know, if Ty Montgomery wasn't an idiot, I'd say the Rams would have lost to the Packers because Aaron Rodgers would have had two minutes to go down and get a field goal. I'm taking that all day. I'm going to, you know, put grandma's pension that Aaron Rodgers exploits that defense that has looked very questionable to go down and get a field goal. So they beat the Packers by three. Um, They got the 10 point loss to the saints. And then they struggled this past week with the Seahawks who Russell Wilson actually led them downfield. They had a chance to win that game. So the Rams have looked vulnerable over the past three weeks. Um, the Chiefs aren't putting up the insane numbers that they put up at the beginning of the year, but it's like their defense starting to come around a little bit. Uh, I just think that if Aaron Donald and Indomitian Sue cannot get pressure and put Patrick Mahomes on his ass, I think that him in those skill positions and Sammy Watkins, who's questionable this weekend, um, but Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, uh, Kareem Hunt out of the backfield, I, you know, Chris Conley, um, I think that the skill position players are going to be able to exploit the Rams questionable secondary. 
I, I think the chiefs win the game. I really do. Um, but anytime you're giving me a team, you know, plus three or plus three and a half that I think is going to win, I'm going to take that, that, uh, that field goal just in case they're up, you know, by two points and the Rams go down and Legatron kicks a 45 yarder to win it or something like that. You still cover the spread. So I like the chiefs. If you're getting them at plus three, I say buy the half point so they can lose by a field goal and you still win. So I'm going to say chiefs plus three and a half in this game. Let me let me ask you this. Overrunner is coming in at 63 and a half on my bookie. Do you think that that's low? I feel like this game we could see upwards of 70 plus points scored here. God, it's so many points, man. It's 63 and a half. That's just it's do I think it's going to hit the over judging off these two teams more than likely. But it's the NFL and it's so hard for me to take an over of 63 and a half in the NFL. That is just unbelievable sky high for an NFL game. It really is. But like I said, is it going to hit? Probably. I'm, I'm not going to play the over. I'm going to, I'm going to play the chiefs plus three and a half. Um, If it does go over sweet, that means I had a hell of a Monday night game to watch. Um, But I'm just going to stick with the plus three and a half here. Okay. I just figured I'd ask because, you know, I just, you see the points that these two teams are capable of scoring and you just, man, it just seems like it's almost like an Alabama game where you look at the over under and you're just like, Oh, it's always too low, you know? <laughs> but yes, I, I, I'm with you. 63 and a half is a lot of points. Um, and it just makes you wonder, you know, all, like you said, all it's going to take is uh, Aaron Donald and, and Sue being able to get to Mahomes and that, a couple possessions or a couple series rather without any points going up on the board. And it's, it's going to be damn near impossible without a defensive touchdown in order to make that 63. I just want to get your insight on that uh, before we, we moved on here. We do have UFC fights this weekend. Uh, it's the UFC's first trip to Argentina, which is going to be, which is pretty cool. Um, I It's, these are cards that I typically avoid because they stack them full of local fighters, but they're, they've done a good job actually of putting together a pretty quality card. Main event is nothing to, you know, stay up till two o'clock in the morning to watch. However, uh, there is some quality fights on the card. So I, do want to cover some of those uh, uh, you and I had spoken about this so I know you've got some takes on these um I guess we could start well, let, we started main event last time let's let's start below main and work our way up uh, real quick real yeah. quick before you get into UFC we had one more NFL play did we <clears throat> yes the Vikings oh oh you're right my bad right my bad yes Go ahead. Sorry. This, this is our multi-unit play for the NFL um if it was any, if it was a single unit play, I would have just you know let it ride to Patreon. But our multi unit play <clears throat> for the NFL this week: Vikings money line coming in. At, I think it's like a plus one twenty five. I'm saying four units on the Vikings here money line, guys. Four Ooh. units on the underdog. That's going to be that'd be four units to win five units. Um, the Bears have zero wins versus teams over 500 this year. Two of their three losses are to 500 teams. The Dolphins in Brocktober, in, in Brock's first start with the Dolphins, and the Packers, who were without Aaron Rodgers for almost two full quarters. I don't – I guess, okay. I guess I understand it's in Soldier Field, but it's not like – it's not a huge trip for Minnesota. It's not like they're going the whole way across country. The Vikings have lost to the Saints and the Rams. They tied with the Packers. Outside of their one bad loss to the Bills, which I think was just a bad hiccup week, the Vikings have looked very impressive. I think this game comes down to quarterback play, and I know I've said this saying a lot this week, skill position play. And I'm going to take Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen and Kyle Rudolph and Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins against Mitchell the Bitchell Trubisky and Tariq Cohen. Yeah. 
Come on, man. What's wrong with my man Mitch? The dude's playing. Dude's having a great season. Yes. Man. Let's put it this way. Matt. Trubisky is exceeding all expectations. I think of even himself and the Bears organization and fan base. I, I, I think I don't think anybody, including Mitchell himself, thought he was going to have the year that he's having right now. Listen, if Matt Nagy does not win Coach of the Year for what he's done with Mitchell Trubisky, the NFL's a sham. There's no doubt in my mind that Matt Nagy deserves Coach of the Year. The only. The only thing I have against Matt Nagy is if they're up 25 points, they're still throwing the ball. They're not running the ball. That's true. Really, it's really strange to me. I don't know if him and Jordan Howard have beef, um, but even then he's not given three Cohen carries when they're up big. It's I, They love the RPO, the run pass option, the, you know, the new hot thing in NFL football. It's been relevant in college for a long time, but they love the RPO and Trubisky always – you know, goes for the pass option. He doesn't like the run option because he wants to throw the ball. He likes to run the ball himself. But like I said, quarterback matchup, Kirk Cousins, Mitchell Trubisky. I'm taking Kirk Cousins. Wide receivers, Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs versus Allen Robinson and whoever they're so, – Taylor Gabriel. I'm taking Diggs and Thielen. Running back matchup, Dalvin Cook versus Jordan Howard this year. Even though Cook's missed extended time, when he's on the field, I'm taking Dalvin Cook. Tight ends, I'm taking Kyle Rudolph over Trey Burton. Minnesota's defense is good. I love Harrison Smith. And, you know, Golden Domer, Notre Dame boy. Harrison Smith's a beast in that secondary. I like Minnesota in this game. Four units on Minnesota money line plus, uh, plus 125. Cook and Diggs are back this week, correct? Yes, Cook is playing Diggs uh, full practice today. He said earlier in the week uh, he was a guest on, I forget whose podcast it was, but he said, uh, I'll be should out be there. Ours. No worries. So, yeah, it should be ours. Should so be shout ours. out, hey. Stefan Diggs, what's up? What's up? Yeah, my man Diggs. Uh, you know, goodness gracious. Ho- hook somebody up. Some- somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. Uh, l- l- let's get that Diggs interview, please. All right. Well, I completely missed the uh, missed the mark on that game. I, I for I forgot that that's we had one more go in there. All right, I already led into UFC. So before we get into that, uh, since I already did the lead in for that, I wanted to take a brief second talk to you guys about some housekeeping stuff real quick, and then just sort of mention something that's been going on. Um, like I said, next week is Thanksgiving. We're probably just going to do one bigger episode next week. Uh, normally we record on Thursday nights, publish on Fridays, you know, obviously Thursday being Thanksgiving, Friday being Black Friday. Uh, I don't know how many of the people listening to this are big shoppers, but even still, I can't imagine our normal work commute crowd's going to be commuting to work. Uh, maybe you will, maybe you won't. If that's the case, then just break up the episode into two parts. But we are going to do probably one giant episode next week, probably closer to an hour long. We are going to have a guest on next week, and it's a guy that I've been in contact with recently, and he is one of the founders of a company called Saving Grace Oil. And uh, before I dive into that real quick, Soup, uh, we didn't get a chance. I'll do it uh, do it on the, on the air. So happy belated Veterans Day. Yes, thank you to you as well. Um, one of the things, you know, not that I'm like some – you know, by no means am I, you know, claiming to be like some of the guys you see at the VA, but, you know, I've had some stuff happen while I was in. I've had some stuff happen while I was out. Uh, my body, when I wake up in the morning, sounds like there's fireworks going off. I could absolutely never sneak up on anybody because I constantly click and pop and have spent more time in braces and casts than I care to, you know, imagine. I've got a collection of crutches, like some people co- collect guitars. It's bad. Um, one of the things that's come along lately that, that I've been a huge fan of, especially growing up in Pennsylvania and now South Carolina, which are two totalitarian style states that don't allow anything. Pennsylvania just allowed fireworks not too long ago. Um, one of the things that's come out that I've really been able to take advantage of to sort of help me feel better is CBD oil. And it seems to be like the new hot thing that everybody's, you know, promoting all kinds of fighters and athletes and everything like that are promoting and, If you listen to like Joe Rogan's podcast, he's been screaming the benefits of it for years. 
But I was finally able, you know, from a financial and just personal comfort standpoint to try CBD oil and have been using it pretty regularly for like the last year um, and have seen great results with it. Anyway, long story short, I got in contact with Jack at Saving Grace and uh, he sent me some of his stuff. and was like, if you like this other stuff, try this and let me know what you think. And he sent me a bottle. He actually sent you one too, Sue, but we, yours got stolen um, as you are well aware of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so um i've been using i've been using saving grace for about two weeks now and i'm gonna say this from a testimonial standpoint and you guys know that we pride ourselves in no bullshit this is me just giving a testimonial this isn't even an ad read um this stuff has been next level um my knees and ankles and hands feel fantastic um you know a couple acls bad ankle sprains broken hands. I feel way better. I feel better now than I have in the last couple of years. It's really something. And, uh, you know, I had a chance to talk to Jack on the phone and I, I asked, I asked him outright. So what, what do you, what do you guys do? That's different. They use the entire plant. Other CBD oils that I've been using just use CBD isolates. Um, and they just ignore the rest of the plant and saving grace doesn't do that. It's an entourage effect. So you get the whole plant. Um, so I didn't know what I was missing and I thought I was fine. I found something great until, um, I tried this stuff and it made the other stuff seem like placebo effect, man. It really did. It's, it's, it's next level. Anyway, all that to say this next week, we're going to have Jack on the show. He's going to talk a little bit. Uh, we're going to work something out as far as cyber Monday, black Friday goes. But in the meantime, if you guys want to get started on some stuff, they've got everything from CBD oil for you, for your dog, your cat, um, and they've got like pain rubs and salves. I, you did get some of the pain rub, did you not? That did make yes. it. Okay. Yes, it did. And I have used it. Um, those, of you, those of you who listen that know me, I have the ankles of a toddler. I like to play <laughs> basketball. Um, I can't count how many times I've broken my ankles, how many times I've torn ligaments. And, uh, you know, my job that I work at now, I'm on my feet all day. I wear boots all day. I have used the pain rub um, on my ankles and it has made a drastic difference. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's funny. Like I said, I don't want it to sound like an ad read. It's just, I wanted it to be more of a testimonial thing, but it's the truth, man. I'm, I'm dead serious. When I say it, this stuff is actually, you know, um, they're onto something and it's fantastic. And I'm a big fan of it. In the meantime, guys, if you want to get started and just get on their website, check it out. They've got more information on there uh, than I could ever give you in an ad read. And it's part of the reason why we're going to have Jack on the show just to sort of, um, you know, go over some of the basic questions that people have, but he was kind enough to hook us up with a promo code for you guys in the meantime, till we do the black Friday thing. So if you go on their website and put in the coupon code cash, 15 cash, 15 cash, one, five, they'll give you 15% off your order. Um, and you know, oh, it's 15%. I'm I'm telling you right now, if you walk around with daily pain, I kid you not, if you walk around with daily pain, get a bottle of this, try it, use recommended dosages, and legitimately come back and tell me in a week or two weeks, rather, that it wasn't worth the money. I mean, it absolutely is, 100%. Uh, cash 15, that's Saving Grace Oil. Guys, check them out on Instagram as well. Give them a follow on there. Go to their website. Uh, it's savinggraceoil.com and, and, and check them out for sure. Uh, and, and let us know what you think. All right. All that to say, Soup, we got UFC this weekend again. First show in Argentina. First fight that we like, Khalil Roundtree versus my man, Johnny Walker. It, ugh, I hate – I don't want to go against a guy named after booze, but uh, I think I'm going to for sure. Uh, I like Khalil Roundtree in this fight, especially coming off the knockout of, of Gokan Saki. What do you think? Yeah. Um, I think this is going to be an exciting fight. Um, I think the over-under is coming in at one and a half. We're not too confident in taking the under one and a half, even though I think that, you know, I think that might actually hit. Um, neither one of these guys are afraid of fireworks and afraid of standing there and throwing hands. Um, but yeah, I, I think we're, you know, as far as I'm concerned, what we discussed, we're going to go Khalil Roundtree, uh, you know, just picking him outright in this fight. Yeah. So the thing about the, the Khalil Roundtree fight with Saki is that he shocked the world with that, with having good stand up. Roundtree is known for his wrestling. 
and wrestle heavy approach, which is why when we pick that fight, um, we went with uh, the over one and a half for that fight. And it ended very abruptly, very quickly with Saki uh, getting knocked out, who was a huge favorite in that fight, which was wild because we expected Roundtree to come out and not want to strike with the striker and try to wrestle heavy him. Instead, he came out and just completely flatlined him. So this fight depends largely on whether or not Roundtree fell in love with his stand-up. If he did, then it may be over within that one and a half, but he might come out and say, hey, Johnny Walker's a big, long, lanky dude. I don't necessarily want to stand there and try to deal with this. I'm going to take him to the ground, in which case we're going to bust on that one and a half. So we're going to stay away from that. I just like Roundtree out in the fight. I think he's got knockout power that Johnny Walker doesn't have, and he definitely has better wrestling. So I think Roundtree is the safer play here. He's coming at minus 180 on my bookie, but that's okay. We're still going to take it. Um, we're, we're still going to take Roundtree in this fight. Okay. And you are we going two units on Roundtree? Yes, yes, we're going to okay. do. We're going to suggest a two-unit play on Khalil Roundtree, at coming in at minus one eighty. Write it down. All right, second fight, co-main event, Darren the Damage Elkins. A, you know, for a long time, man. Real quick, Darren, Darren Elkins has taken on Ricardo Lamas. I'm just going to say this real quick. For the longest time, I thought Alan Belcher had the worst tattoo in MMA. I think Darren Elkins ha- now has it. What do you think? Yeah, I. Uh... There's a lot of bad tattoos in MMA, but uh, <laughs> I'm with you on Darren <laughs> Elkins. It's it's almost as bad as Cal Perry's kids. Earned, oh. uh, or was it <laughs> earned but not given. Or earned but that not track. given. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For those of you unaware, John Calipari, head coach of Kentucky, his son is on Kentucky's roster but has a tattoo on his chest that says earned, not given. Okay. Yeah, okay. Anyway, <laughs> Darren Elkins has the damage scratched into his chest. It looks like it, it oh gosh, I don't there's nothing I can say about that without being overly mean. All right. Darren Elkins super wrestle heavy comes out of team alpha male. Uh has definitely seen a career resurgence in the last couple of years. Uh you and I were talking about before the massive comeback he, uh, he had against Mirsad Bektik was one of the best one of the single best comebacks, if not the best comeback I've ever seen in MMA. Darren Elkins got the shit kicked out of him for two minutes and or two rounds and all like three minutes and 40 seconds of the third round. And then ended up, ended up winning the fight by knockout. Unbelievable fight. Um, here's what I don't like about that, though, is that Darren Elkins get, can get hit and Ricardo Lamas hits harder than Mirsad Bektik does. Um. And Ricardo Lamas is fighting for relevancy still. Uh, you know, he always feels like he's one or two fights away from that one, number one contender fight. He has been pining for a Jose Aldo rematch for years, and he needs this Darren Elkins fight uh, to go his way in order to to hopefully secure that that Aldo rematch he so desperately wants. I like Lamas in this fight. Darren Elkins is incredibly durable, but. I think that Lamas hits too hard for him, and Lamas is going to be able to impose himself on Darren Elkins, how, where basically wherever he wants the fight. And I like the under two and a half in this one soup, and that's coming in at plus two hundred. I like that. Uh, I like that line one in this fight. What do you like? Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, the under two and a half, the plus two hundred. We're doing something a little bit different, guys. We haven't really done uh, like half unit plays, but. Um, We've crunched the numbers on UFC, and like I said, you know we're going two units on Roundtree at the minus one eighty. We're going to go half a unit here on the under two and a half. So that's half a unit to win a unit, because um, it is coming in at a plus two hundred. But I agree with you on the under two and a half. Real quick, I wanted to touch on another. <clears throat> I mean, I know you'll know it. Uh, another, I guess, come from behind knockout. Um, was it was it Scott Smith and Pete Sell? Oh yes, oh yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes, yes. That's another. Good oh one. my, yeah. So if, if you guys have never seen that, I recommend getting on YouTube and looking up the Scott Smith versus Pete Sell knockout. Um, that was awesome. I don't know if it was faked. I don't know if it was he was legit hurt or not. But uh, yeah, that's that's something to witness. But yeah, I'm with you on this under two and a half. I think that's the right play. 
I have a uh, I have a box set that I got years ago. Uh, obviously, they needed to come out with a new one. It's updated, but it's the hundred greatest fights in UFC history, and that fight is on there. And uh, they cut promos before and after the fights, you know, little five, 10 second snippets and stuff like that. And uh, he says that body shot was legit. He thought he was dying and that he said that that punch he threw was going to be the last punch he threw before he died. He thought he he thought he was done. So whether or not he's just selling it after the fact, uh, but that is that is that is 100 percent. Like you said, that's a fantastic come from behind. I actually saw that fight make some rounds after last weekend with the uh yair rodriguez thing some people were posting it up like what's a better comeback um so yes absolutely pete sell scott smith great comeback fight look at you digging into the mma archives make me proud (laughs) make me a little little, little proud moment here (laughs) all right i gotta drink a coffee here okay last fight i want to cover neil magny santiago ponzanibio all right i'll say this real quick Santiago Ponzinibbio and another guy that's fighting on this card, Cesar Mutante Ferreira, are the two guys in the UFC. Now, I'm not I'm not a guy that walks around saying I'm scared of anybody. I wouldn't want to fight either one of these two guys. They both look like every like so, all right, so so you know playing basketball. You ever come like you ever play hoops with a guy where it doesn't matter where he bumps into you, it always feels like something he's he's sharp. Like even like yes. his forearm hits your forearm and it's like, what do you got an elbow in the middle of your forearm? Why are you so sharp? Like everything feels, uh, you know what I mean? I, I don't I, I knew I'm doing a piss poor job of describing this, but you know, you understand the type of guy I'm talking about. Absolutely. Okay. Both of these guys look like that guy. Um, It just seems like everything they hit you with is a shot that's going to hurt or crumple you. Um, it seems like everything, like, you know, they're just hard to hold on to. And it seems like everything that Ponzinibbio does to people inflicts damage on them. So whether it's leg kicks, whether it's even takedown attempts, uh, you know, his striking, which is fantastic. He's got tons of knockout power. He seems like a guy where everything he does has the capability of hurting you. Uh, and it's wild that they put both these guys on the same card. Here's the problem with that, though. Santiago Ponzinibbio is coming up against ex-Army veteran, happy belated Veterans Day to you, Neil Magny. Neil Magny, about six foot three, probably closer to six foot four, and is going to have a massive reach advantage. And as you know, and we've talked about before, has the ability to make every fight an ugly fight and dictate pace and put a pace on people that they cannot hang with. And a guy as muscle-bound as Santiago Ponzinibbio is going to have a hard time with somebody putting a pace on him. So I think if Neil Magny can get in there and avoid the initial flurry and drag this out past the first round, I think it's his fight for the taking. Neil Magny's coming in at a plus 245 underdog, and I think we should take Neil Magny at the money line at plus 245. Okay, yeah, and that guys, that's going to be another half-unit play. Um, so that's a half unit on Neil Magny at plus 245, a half unit on the Elkins under two and a half, and then a two unit play on Khalil Roundtree. I'm with you on the Neil Magny. Um, my only concern, and I think this has a lot to do with why he's, you know, a sizable underdog, is the fact that this is a uh, home country fight for Ponzanibio. Do you think that it going to a decision, do you think that he might get, um, I don't want to say the hometown discount, but it, you know, things no. might be looked at in his favor a little more than they would for Magny. No. Um, in in fact, I would almost hold on. Let me pull props up real quick. I, I would bet this fight not going distance. Um, one, just because I don't think that I don't think that San, uh, Ponzinibbio has the gas tank for it. I really don't. Um, I, I really just don't. I don't see that happening. Um, could the fight, um, you know, could he possibly get hometown discount? Maybe, but I just don't see it happening. And I got the odds pulled up right here. Odds on fight, not going the distance are minus two seventy five. So the general consensus seems to be that it's not going to go the distance either. I just don't, I think it's more of a gas tank thing. Uh, if it makes it past the third round, there's only one guy that's going to have gas in the tank and the guy's name is going to be Neil Magny. A good a good precursor to this fight. If you want to watch this, if you want to watch something that's going to be almost a mirror representation of this fight, how it's going to play out, pull up Neil Magny versus Hector Lombard. 
Hector Lombard and Santiago Ponzinibbio have similar skill sets, minus the judo background of of Lombard. Uh, but they're same build, same sort of general setups, things like that nature. Neil Magny got caught and got was getting the shit kicked out of him for a round and a half, and then the the last uh, the second half of the second round, the third round, he came back and just put a pace on Lombard that he couldn't keep up with and actually earn the stoppage victory. I see something very similar happening in this fight. Neil Magny is incredibly tough. Ponzinibbio is going to have to sleep him to get him out of there. Um, and I just don't see it happening. I, Magny is super smart, trains at elevation. I don't think that – I really don't think that it's going to be uh, – I don't think the elevation in Argentina is going to be an issue. I don't think that the – you know, I don't see – Outside of the power difference, I don't see where he loses this fight. I think that the I think that they got the line wrong on this one. Um, unless they know something, I don't know. I just don't see how Magny loses this fight unless he gets put to sleep. Obviously, it's I mean we're two guys trying to punch each other in the face. Anything can happen. They just they must seem really confident that Ponzinibbio is going to be able to punch him in the face. So All anyway, right. well that that wraps it up for our weekend for free picks. Quick rundown, real quick: Vikings four units on the money line. Under 41 in the Cardinals Raiders, under 46 and a half in the Chargers Broncos, Chiefs plus three and a half, um, Syracuse plus nine against Notre Dame, Texas three unit play on the money line, uh, Pitt versus Wake Forest, Pitt minus six and a half. We're going to two unit play on Khalil Roundtree, a half a unit play on Neil Magny, and a half a unit play on the under two and a half in the Darren Elkins fight. Real quick, I wanted to touch on something. I just said Chiefs plus three and a half. I'm second guessing myself. I just read something. Patrick Mahomes, Hines, you know, Hines catch up. Everybody knows Hines 57. Yeah. 57 touchdowns would be the record. Hines has offered him a lifetime supply of catch up. If he throw, if he breaks the record this year, and that has everything to do with Patrick Mahomes said his favorite condiment for steak is ketchup. You're a nasty human being. Oh God, sick! You're sick. You're a sick, sick, sick person. <laughs> We're leaving the play. We're leaving the play. But Mahomes is a dirty person for putting steak on or putting ketchup on a steak. What a terrible person! Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. He oh. probably likes it. He probably likes it well done too. They just <laughs> ruin the steak, why don't you? All right, let's wrap this thing up real quick. Um, we did it before. I want to do it again. Real quick, shout out top city listeners: Chicago, Seattle, Honolulu, Brooklyn, Phoenix, Kamloops, British Columbia, Laval, Quebec, Canada, Dublin, Ireland, Philadelphia, and Denver, Colorado. Top listens this week. Appreciate you guys. I'll actually be in Denver here in three weeks. Uh, if you are one of our Denver listeners, get at me on social media. Let's get together, drink a beer, watch a game or something like that, because I'll be there through the weekend. And top countries, obviously, U.S., Canada, Australia, the U.K., Sweden, Ireland, Italy, Israel, and Spain. Appreciate all you guys very, very much. Can't believe that this is a global community. It still just blows my mind. Um, But that's it, man. We're coming up on an hour. Appreciate all you guys. And uh, like I said, we'll be active on social media all weekend. Those of you that took advantage of our free Patreon picks, for this week, you'll be getting your stuff via DM on social media where where I found you. And uh, if you aren't part of our Patreon program, again, get on there, patreon.com forward slash fistful of cash and uh, take advantage of that. Get some extra picks this weekend. And I'll, as always, go to mybookie.ag, use promo code give me cash and get that uh, get that 50% match. All right, Soup, that's it, man. I'm out of here. Any guy, anything else? <laughs> yeah, j- just a reminder, guys, uh, next week, going to be one episode on Tuesday. Um, so, you know, I know there's, like we've said before, our Thursday show gets more listens. So I hope you stuck around long enough to hear us announce that Tuesday. That's when our picks are going to be. We have the, the, the Thanksgiving day games. So we will be covering those. Um, yeah. Just don't forget. Everything's going to be on Tuesday. Um, as always clear eyes, full fist. Can't lose.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.